cute is this that we're sitting down doing a podcast? I feel like we're adults. I feel like we're adults, but also when uh, it's it's funny to think that when it hit me really hard how different our lives were to a certain extent <laughs> was when we were in Canada, uh, when you were speaking at no, when you were showing your your video at Buffer Festival, mm. and and we were hanging out with Chris, yep, and Lizzie, and. I mean, they're two of the cutest fucking human beings in the world together. Let, let's just get that out of the way at the start. But it's it's so amazing when you can see two people that are creating together and that understand each other's lives. Mm. And at that point, I wasn't doing anything because I just got out of the festival industry. But seeing Chris and Lizzie together, and it really made me realize that I... And I know me creating my own podcast was something that was coming in the future. And by the way, for everyone listening... It's coming on Monday. The first five episodes are launching on Monday, including uh, a discussion with Sorel about minimalism, which is pretty amazing. Although I sound really nervous. <laughs> but in Canada, I was thinking that, you know, it's it's so good to be able to create with someone. Mm. And now that I'm, for want of a better term, a creator mm. as well, it's th- that, that word's almost as bad as influencer. Yeah. It's starting to get it's- wrung out. That's true. I like to think of myself and I'll let you do an introduction in just a second about who you are and what your story is. Uh, but I like to think of myself as a person now. I used to think that I wanted to be in, I like the fact that people follow me, they don't follow me for any other reason except for I'm inspiring them. And back in the day, we called it a public figure and now we're calling them influencers and creators like, no, I am, I'm Sorel and you're following me because of the reasons why you follow me, not because I'm an influencer and influencers as well that all we all they're influencing is buying more shit that is crap and making you feel inadequate so I don't want to call myself an influencer or a creator like of course you're a creator everyone's a creator all of us create like that's such a bad title yeah I agree but so you're a, you're a person bringing us a lot of amazing information you're a biohacker tell us more about yourself uh, so I guess now I can officially call myself a biohacker. Um, I have, as many people who will follow you will know, that I've just gotten out of a career in the music festival industry. Uh, I formerly owned the, I guess it was the largest digital marketing agency for music festivals in the world. Uh, I worked from everything from small little events all the way up to huge events like Tomorrowland that everyone everyone knows. And um, and you run the first volcano. Yeah, I created I created the first ever concert inside a volcano in the world, and I was lucky enough to host one of my musical idols, idols Chino Moreno from Deftones, and then ended up getting <laughs> rescued with him by the Icelandic Coast Guard from the top of a volcano in a helicopter, which was pretty damn amazing. It was one of the highlights so of my life. Um, but now I've, I mean, it was you that inspired me to to do what I'm doing now, which is create a biohacking podcast. It was yeah. it was you that. I mean, I, I don't think you intentionally thought that it was going to become such a big thing, but it was you that installed the seed of, you know, maybe you've got things to share with the world in me. And I guess taking care of myself physically to an extent has been a huge part of my life. I mean, as you know, you you know my mum, the beautiful little dreadlocked Austrian hippie <laughs> that she is, but she, when we ever got sick as kids... It was never take this pill, take this tablet. It was drink this weird aloe vera infused lemongrass and honey tea <laughs> and that'll make you better. And, and when my little brother Jeremy and I were kids, we were always just like, man, who is this weird hippie woman that, that we've landed as our mother? But as I got older, I realized that it made so much sense that pumping your body full of 
chemicals is wrong. Mm. So I guess this this desire to take care of myself and do it in as natural a way as possible has been in me for life. But the biohacking side of things, being able to control your circadian rhythms and control certain aspects of your biology and 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 learn what makes you tick and learn how to control that has been something that has been an interest of mine for about a decade, but a really hardcore passion of mine for the last few years. Mm. And I decided it was, I mean, it just made sense to, now that I had nothing to do after I got out of the festival industry, it made sense to turn that into a career. And that's why I'm... Yeah, as of Monday, the first episodes of the Bio Alchemy podcast uh, going live. I've got some yeah, amazing guests, apart from the beautiful woman in front of me, who is a guest in the first week of episodes. Um, yeah, people like some of the biggest geneticists in the world, microbiologists, uh, inspiring people that do crazy adventurous stuff, um, people that can teach you about movement, about about every crazy thing that's happening in the in the world of health, wellness, mindfulness, human optimization, as much as we both don't like that term. Human optimization. <laughs> this is, you know what's happening to me right now? I'm sitting here and you're saying your story and I'm like freaking out because I'm not used to podcast lengths. I'm like, okay, okay, you should have said that in 10 seconds or less. Because <laughs> nobody cares. No, but they do care. But I mean, as in like my brain is so wide for YouTube, like short as hell. So podcasting is so weird you're very interesting and I think it inspired me I realized like we're so meant to be together I knew that for a while but then when you started sharing your stories about when you were just interviewed last week and the the lady was like uh and you shared stories about Chino being stuck in the volcano and then uh with the helicopter and stuff I was like my boyfriend is so interesting (laughs) he's so interesting of course he's my boyfriend like how I don't know I at today's topic of podcasting is about relationships. We decided last second that we're going to do relationship talk because it's interesting. And I, I you, uh, Leon and I always have the most interesting conversations and I wish that everyone could listen to them because they're so freaking interesting, like so interesting. So I was like, I want to do a podcast <laughs> with you and backtracking with my relationships and my history of relationships, I guess. I think it's important to note that when I first started mm, the last 10 years, since I've been dating, I have not been good at dating. <laughs> One, I haven't been the very best girlfriend I could have been because I honestly didn't want to be in those relationships or the person didn't want to be with me or it wasn't fun and I never thought I would find love. And then, motherfucking come along, you do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I ruined everything. You did. You really did. So I, for myself, am always digging like what made you different and why did we get attached to each other and why it's just so good and it's been three years and this is the longest for me now and it's not long I guess in the scheme of life but it's still an achievement and I still love you and I still want to make out with you all the time <laughs> like there's so many good things have you digested why you think this relationship works so much better than your previous ones I mean at the most the, the the most basic level, which is something that I spoke to you about last night, is that with everyone that I've ever been with, and I know love can be, the word love or the feeling of love can be quite an intangible thing. And it's very hard to define what it is. If I mean, if you had to explain love to someone that had never experienced the concept, it's it's a very hard thing to get across to someone. It's like the first time you ever feel love, it's an epiphany because you've, you 
you've never felt this before and you never thought that you could feel something like this before. It'd be like going 20 years of your life and never being able to fart and then you suddenly <laughs> fart one day and it's just like, whoa, what is this thing that's happening to my body? It's strange, but it also kind of feels good. Um, that's a, re- <laughs> a really... Or pooing. Let's go for pooing because that's really better. a really poor way of putting it, but... but so love, what I'm getting at is love, love is an intangible thing. It's very hard to define it. But with, I've definitely loved before, but I thought, I always thought that I'd loved to my maximum, to the maximum ability that I was able to love someone. I, I, I knew that I would love again with everyone that I'd, after everyone that I'd ever, I'd ever been with, but I never thought it would get to a level that was higher than what I'd experienced mm. before. And with you, that is definitely completely different. Also, I mean, if I'm going with some of the tangible things that I can point a finger at is that I'm more honest with you than I've been with anyone. I'm more open with you than I have been with anyone. I, I'm more willing to look at the things that make me a flawed squishy spongy broken (laughs) wrong human being and either address those things or face them and find out where the validity in those things is and if it's having an effect on the other person in my life with you more than I have with anyone else. I mean, you you know better than anyone. I'm I'm stubborn as fuck and that's because I have probably the two most stubborn parents (laughs) in the world and Things like that get passed down through genetics as much as some people don't believe that they do. But that stubbornness has come to the forefront with just about every relationship that I've ever been in. And I'm not saying that I've been a prick or an asshole or whatever, but I've always had so much power in thinking that stubborn Leon, that stubbornness was a part of my identity and what made me me. And with you... And again, this is the other thing that's really weird is that you dropped my guard with so many things so quickly at the start. And I didn't think that I could get broken down any more than that. But over time, those guards and barriers that I had were brought down even more, like to a level that I, things that got brought down that I didn't even know existed, things that I didn't even know were there that that weren't even if we're talking about the exploration of certain things that no one else had even scratched the surface Mm -hmm. of. And yeah, I think from that point of view, it's, it's the, all the love that I feel for you aside and the incredible woman that you are, it's the fact that there's all these things that I've grown so incredibly attached to you because of the things that I've shared with you that I haven't even come close to sharing with anyone else Mm. and i think that's why this is so much more special to me than anything else i've ever experienced yeah it's it's ridiculously special yeah and i think about every time like every time i think about how much we've gone through and what what we've done together and and where the previous relationships that i've had it's never like it's not even it's not a comparison like these this is so different and for the first time, one thing is like the support that you have for me is freaking outrageous. And it's it's annoying because I will never be able to show you how much I appreciate the fact that you support me so much and you don't judge me. And that is so 
freaking important and i can't believe that i i i mean i remember the times when some of the, the boyfriends i had were giving me dirty looks for things that i did and it made me feel dirty and gross because these are the people that you trust and you you say that you love them and they make you feel like shit inside you're broken down and they told me constantly that i'm too full-on too intense and goddamn i am but you don't think it's a bad thing, whereas they did and you love it. And I've never experienced anything like this before. And it's freaking amazing. And it's so comforting. And then I think about how compatible the two of us are as well. Like you work for yourself. You're incredibly smart. You're so fun to hang out with more and more by the day. Like the more you break down your barriers, you're just so fun. And you're such a kid <laughs> and you cook and it's awesome. <laughs> and like if I was to and I think about this a lot if I was to start again like how much I would actually lose and it's like one starting a relationship is so much work doing the freaking stupid dating thing like you can go on dates with your boyfriend or your husband or wife or whatever and you, it's just as fun it's funner instead of like so what are you doing how you doing it's boring and then you get rejected and hurt and then you've got to buy new outfits and you've got to put your makeup on and change your hairs and do all this that's just so much work and then to and then in the freaking universe i'm meant to try to find someone that works online is a genius loves to have really deep conversation is obsessed with health as much as me or even more all of these things like it's crazy i don't understand how we found each other i do not understand how we found each other i think i <sighs> i'd be miserable without you <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I just, I'm so incredibly grateful for what we have. And I never thought that anything like this existed. I always thought relationships were shit. And I was just like, oh, I better find someone. And ugh, I just, I, I really hope that everyone has a chance to feel this way. And, and I, I feel sad for people that might not find their compatible match. I was talking to my friend the other day. She's also found a guy. She's been with him for 10 years, married and everything like that. She said, she was like, do you believe in soulmates? And I said, I don't know if I do. I think it's like two people's willingness to work together to make something happen and obviously you have to have genetic compatibility, which we, we definitely, definitely do. <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you've ever had a doubt, some people say that two human beings are genetically compatible and there's a lot of science backing up that certain human beings from a genetic point of view are supposed to be together. If you are ever doubting whether you're genetically supposed to be with someone or not, smell them and taste them. If it's the greatest fucking smell or the greatest taste mm. that you've ever tasted in your entire life, you're genetically compatible. Yeah, it's like, so important. Stop wearing perfumes if you're out there as well. This is such an important thing. Um, if you can't smell your partner properly, you do not know if you're compatible. Like it's, it, and, and I, I never understood how important this was or how powerful this could be. Like I literally roll my eyes whenever I smell you or I kiss you, I'm like, where is this taste even coming from? It's ridiculous. It's great. I'm so, ugh. But going back to it before I cut you off, your friend, soulmates. Soulmates. Yes. Yeah, so anyway, so I do believe that it's not exactly like there's no such thing as one person for you that you have to search the entire world for one person. I think you can find compatibility with a lot of people. I think genetically you're compatible with a lot, but then you have to find someone that has the same values as you and has to... Uh, want to be with you that's a huge thing you are committed to each other and want to work through the bullshit that comes with relationships because it's not easy and it's it's like one you have to confront the other person but you're also confronting yourself like the the feelings and the 
it's very uncomfortable breaking down your own barriers. I'm constantly still breaking down. A, I have a big wall and I am working through it and I'm slowly more and more opening up to you because I realize if I don't work through this giant wall that I have, I'm going to be, I'm going to lose you and that sucks. So it's so uncomfortable having to be self-aware as well. But anyway, so what do you think about soulmates? I, like you, I agree that anyone that thinks that regardless of how great your relationship is, that the concept of there is only one human being that you're supposed to be with. I mean, let, let's face it. Look, look at it from numbers and a probability standpoint. There are seven and a half billion people in this world, somewhere probably closer to eight billion. And if you think that chances are in your entire life so far, you might have met a thousand people out of seven and a half billion. For you to instantly assume that one, that person that you found is your soulmate, but two, that they're the only person that you're supposed to be with in terms of like, that's, that's it. I think that's a little bit of an arrogant statement, especially if you consider put it in perspective, like people that think there's no other life in this galaxy. <laughs> there are millions of habitable plants uh, planets just in our own galaxy. Millions we estimate and then there are millions, if not billions of galaxies out there. To, to, to assume that there's no other life out there is is arrogance at its peak. Mm. And I think this is a really good example of, it's a great metaphor for the soulmate argument. In saying that, I don't want that to sound, to make it, to diminish the love that I have for you in, no. in any way. that. It, by me saying that, it doesn't mean that I don't think you are, you are perfect in your imperfection and there's no one else that I would want to spend the rest of my days with on this planet in this fleshy meat sack <laughs> than you. I, I that, that's that, There's no one else. But in saying that, when I say I don't agree with the soulmate argument, I also didn't believe in fate before you. The concept of fate was something that I really pushed back on because I didn't like to consider the concept that parts of my life or my whole life were predestined or predetermined. I've always liked to feel that I was in control of absolutely everything. And people that think that, you know, your your entire life path is mapped out in front of you in terms of fate, of fate standpoint. That really didn't agree with me because that made me just think like, well, what's the fucking point? If everything that's going to happen is going to happen every anyway, then, you know, where's the argument of free will or anything? However, there have been the older that I've gotten and the more freakishly strange situations that have arisen have led me to believe that I now believe that fate exists but there are many predetermined paths that we could possibly take. But those paths are dependent on us making certain choices. So what I mean by that is, is every human being wants something and we have a certain power to bring things into our lives. And we do that by, I'm not going to say the law, law of attraction. I think that's a very simplistic way of looking at it, but we have the power to, manifest things in our lives now some people think that concept is so simplistic that it's just you think about something hard enough you think about a red ferrari in your driveway and one day you're going to come home and that red fucking ferrari is going to be sitting there and i mean if you think that's the way that it works you're you're sorely mistaken what i believe is that you can put energy into something and manifest whether it by 
feeling or visual imagery or or the strongest desire for something, the universe will open pathways for that to come to be. However, you will have to take action at some time along that path for that to happen. Now, where this goes into specifics with you, and you you did mention just before about, you know, us meeting and, and you know, I there's no doubt in my mind that we were supposed to meet. Whether this we're, whether we're an extension of the universe that wanted to experience these two extensions of the universe with each other or, or, or whatever. And for people that don't know the story, so we're both Australian born. We're both first generation Australians from European families. Uh, we both grew up and spent time on the north coast of New South Wales in Australia. We both grew up to a certain extent, a 45-minute drive away from each other. And if you know how big Australia is, I mean, that's that's about as close as you can get to mm. someone. We met on a rock in the middle of the North Atlantic. Some people call that rock Iceland, which is <laughs> home for us for most of the year, and it's one of the most beautiful places in the world. But we met in Iceland on the other side of the planet, literally on mm. the other side of the planet from where we grew up, we didn't know any of the same people where we grew up, even though we lived so close to each other. We met in Iceland while Sorel was there as a tourist and was supposed to leave again three days after I ended a relationship with my fiance. So I was engaged to an Icelandic girl, which is something that I haven't spoken about publicly. And after you have a very long relationship like that, the first thought in most people's minds is that I'm going to be single for ages and work on myself. And that's exactly what I thought. I was like, I'm going to be single for years and I need to spend time with myself and work on work on myself. The universe said, no, 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 that's, that's not your path. And so three days after my uh, former fiance and I parted ways, the universe puts Sorel in front of me. And the rest, I guess you could say, is history. Sorel went from being a tourist to deciding there and then to move to Iceland I know she fell in love with the country as well, but I know that a big part of her decision was because of me and we stayed in the country a little bit longer than we should have when we needed some time to get out in the sun and do other things. And yeah, the, it's a very beautiful story. And it's because of that, that's one of the things that makes me really believe in fate. I mean, for the the things that had to line up for us to meet at that time in those circumstances, in that place... When you think about all the things that had to happen for that to happen, it's chance is one thing, but that's some serious roll of the dice bullshit. I mean, that's like taking 200 d dice and dropping them on the ground and all of them land as a one. Yeah, that's true. We definitely made me cry a little bit. <laughs> um, uh, it's so special, like how we met. And, and this is why like, I'm just the luckiest person in the world to have been able to meet. You're just so cute. I love you. I love you too. I really do hope most people meet, like get a chance to feel like this. And that kind of brings me to my next point. So how do people have an opportunity to find someone that is like, you're going to be so compatible and work together on a future together? Because I, I don't, it's it's a it's a magical feeling and i think about my friends like some of them like 40 and don't have partners and they live in the same city their entire lives and they haven't explored and try to try to find i don't know i i feel like the fact that i mean i know it's fate 
in your opinion, I don't know if I believe in fate entirely, but that was, this is freakish if it, if it isn't. Um, and I agree with that. But to me, it was also like, we think so similar. And one of the big things by why we both ended up with, in Iceland is because we, we like weird stories. We want to be able to tell us weird stories about our life. And for you to move to Iceland, the most unpredictable and un, unreasonable place to, to live in, I guess, most people would never live in Iceland uh, now, maybe more so than before. But at the time when we were full time there, now we have a house there. And, uh, but more so just when we didn't travel as much as we travel now, it was, there was 44 Australians, 44 Australians living there. So I think it was also a combination of the fact that we just, we just seek weirdness. And I think that was partially why we got to, to, to find each other. So it aligned with us so much, like this country being there. So I feel like if you want to find someone for yourself, you have to first figure out yourself and what you like, what your story is, what you want that to be and try to like, what do you think? How do we, how do people, cause I think us being so strange and needing desperately strange stories about our lives, that's what took us to Iceland in the first place. And that's how we could find each other. So how do people like, I don't think you can really find someone in your own city unless I don't know. I don't know. That's, that's a hard question for me to answer. And to state something on what I just touched on, I, after my last relationship, I knew what I wanted. And even though I told myself that I was going to be single for a long time, I knew eventually what I wanted. And one thing that I told myself when my former partner and I parted ways is so I, I have, I have a, you can't see this because this is a, an audio podcast, but I have a tattoo on my hand that says love. And I pictured myself and I pictured someone holding my hand where it said love. And I told myself that the next person to hold my hand and love me is the last person that's ever going to love me. And, and it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't like I wrote a list of everything that I knew that I wanted in a person. It was a feeling. It was, I felt, I felt inside when this is, this is something that you should touch on because you wrote a list. I wrote a list. Yeah. I didn't write a list. It was, I felt what I wanted to feel. And, and I, I, the only visual imagery that I had was of a hand holding my hand and where it says love on my hand and and a, a hand holding that hand and feeling the most intense love that I could possibly feel. And I, I actually don't know if I said I want or if I was just told by the universe or whatever, but it was this, there's only one more feeling. That was, that wow. was it. That was it. That's and so interesting. So when it comes from how do you manifest something like this or how do you bring it into your life? That was how I believe that I brought this into my life. But you, yours was different. Yeah. It's a different story. And I, um, one thing to touch on that first before I move on to how to the, to the list is remember that time when we just made out <laughs> for the very first time ever. And, uh, I put my chest on your, 
my, my chest, my head on your chest. And it was the strangest feeling, man. All of a sudden I was transported into the future. Like I, a wave of such a powerful wave of like, this is how much you're gonna love this person. And I remember feeling that being like, whoa, I literally just met this person. We just had our first kiss, like back the hell up. This, this was is like 10, 10 days or less after we first started met. talking, not, not after. Yeah. It? Yeah. No, no, actually. Yeah. You're right. It's yeah, like 10 start, days after we started a talking. A week after we, we met um, and 10 days after we started talking and like, yeah, that was the most, the ins most insane feeling. And I was like, no, 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 no. Don't let me see that. I don't want to like, this is a mistake. Not, not this is a mistake, but that feeling I was like, no one's ever showed me this. This is crazy. Um, so I was like, put the wall back up and act cool. <laughs> But the list part, and I, I've sp spoken about this before and I highly encourage it. Um, I do believe that whenever you write down what you want, you get a part of that or a portion of it or something. You're oh, just yeah. putting it into the universe and you're concreting it. You're cementing it in your own mind of what you want your life to look like. So my life is no mistake. The entire life is no mistake. Like I've written some very bold goals down and worked very hard for them worked very hard for them and that's one thing you have to realize that just writing something down again same thing as you were talking about before uh, with the ferrari you have to work for your for whatever you want so if you're going to put it down at least you're putting it on paper and then things start ticking in place and you start seeing opportunities that, that are going to match with that and whether that's the universe putting it in front of you or not like if you believe that or not i think it's just you opening up yourself to seeing what you want to be seeing that is going to align with your uh, desired life so my mom taught me when I was 16 I think that her friend wrote down a list about exactly what she wanted in a man like exactly to the point every single thing and I was like oh this is fun so I wrote down a list uh, and in total until the age of 25 26 when I met you 20 wait how old was I 27 27 I guess 26 I think okay. because we met in yeah, October. we met we, we met a couple of months before your 27th November. birthday. Okay, right, right. Wow, cool. Yeah. So yeah, I'm 30 now, but in my in total since 16 to 30, 14 years, I only wrote three lists and I didn't check this list every day. I, I didn't become like desperate for it. I was just like, this is fun. And I wrote down the first list and the bunch of boyfriends I had after that. They sort of matched. There was like a, maybe five things that didn't match. I was like, ooh, this is cool. And then I just slightly tweaked the list as I grew up and I, my desires changed. And, um, and then, yeah, the, the last list, I think I wrote it maybe five or six years before I even met you. I don't know, but I, I haven't even seen this list for a while. Might be even longer, but I was like, that's good. And then I remember reading it after we met. Oh, cause it's in my diary, I think in Iceland or somewhere. I forget there's a diary somewhere. And I remember reading it when we were together and I was like, Oh my God, 100% it's you. Now that's creepy. 100%, that doesn't make any sense, but I'm glad it happened. <laughs> yeah, so I, I mean, yeah, I think it's a bit hard to, to tell people what is going to work for them, but I think that's two, two examples of how this was brought into our lives. Yeah, I don't know, just... I don't know. I think we're we're both very switched on individuals as well. Uh, we know we know what we want. I don't know. It's it's yeah. a, it's a tough one. I think I think a big thing for me how this differs as well is that I was always willing 
in relationships that I was in, I was always willing to to work on it and change things to an extent. There was always this feeling of, I mean, we're all individuals. We all have our own personal power and the things that, you know, we really hold dear that, that we identify. Yeah, that's me. You know, these are my ideas. These are my whatever. And even though I was always willing to change myself to a certain extent or improve myself for someone else in a relationship that I was in, there was always, it was always to a point. And I mean, it's still, it's always going to be to a point because we're all, we should be the most important person to ourselves always. I mean, like if you told me to go out and murder someone, I'd be like, yeah, that's my fucking line. (laughs) (laughs) I I ain't doing that shit. Oh man. Oh (laughs) damn it. Jimmy down the road. I was hoping he'd go away. Wouldn't give me salt last week. (laughs) Like, you know, there's always a point, but I think the other thing that's been a huge realization with you is that, is that if you find someone, if you find someone and you know, like you just absolutely know from the bottom of your soul that there's something that is going wrong and the only way to make it work is to fix that thing. If you're willing, if it's, if fixing that thing about you is so scary but you're still not willing to make a change and do that thing, then chances are in my mind, or at least in my experience, it may not be the right thing. The thing about this relationship is there have been so many things about me that I've had to confront Mm. or things that I've had to not necessarily change, but just confront and accept about myself, which have led me down a path of learning that, scare the fucking shit out of me scared Mm. the shit out of me that still do Mm. but that i'm still willing to do it not that i'm willing to do it but it actually there's a big part of me that's just like wow this is going to be a big journey i mean that's something that i've never experienced before Mm. yeah and and i want to kind of make it clear that we are no relationship experts like we're just learning god no we're we're human beings we're flawed as hell we're just humans just trying to make this work and by no means we're saying like this is the only way but and I know that there's a lot of podcasts that or people teachers whatever they talk about you know life after a breakup and how to deal with that and it's okay if you break up with someone um, in this instance I'm talking about the fact that like uh, for for me I was never I'd never thought I would ever experience love and so this is like a podcast for me to like show that if something presents itself in front of you like it can change so the the beauty of finding the right relationship. And the possibility that you can find the relation, the real relationship, in case you're doubtful. So, I, like, I don't. That this is not anything other than that, except us talking and discussing our relationship. So we're not by we're, any means. We're experts. definitely, yeah, we are definitely not experts. On yeah, but this I think topic. it's interesting for people to. It's a, I like I. I think about my little sister so often, and um, she's fourteen. And I want, I so much want her to see what it's like to, to be around people that like are so consciously in a relationship, consciously, consciously, <laughs> conscious relationship. And like, you know, they, they love eating healthy. They, they, like, I, I really think that we're pretty good humans. We're doing our best. We're very like, we're just trying to be as, as good of people as we can for ourselves and for, for each other and for the, the planet. And yeah i i want so if she's listening and if anyone else is listening and thinking like is it possible to have these relationships like i just want people i guess to hear what it's like to be in a in a good relationship where you can 
honestly say anything to each other without fear or judgment or um, like you're just going to discuss stuff and I feel open to tell you everything and okay 99% of things I'm working through a few things that I'm scared as fuck to talk to you about but I know I have to and it's it's it makes me super nervous but I, I want to because you're cool and it's also fun like this is a fun journey to get to know yourself that much and confront yourself that much and grow so much and be a woman with you <laughs> There, are, there. Are, that, that comes to a, a good point. Like the there's the one percent, and there's like fear behind it, but excitement. There's there are a lot of quotes out there that say things like, "If you're scared to do something, whether it's start a new business or pursue something, that like the greatest things in life are behind that fear." Just, and and fear. I definitely agree with that, especially in terms of a relationship. Mm. Like the greatest, if there's something that, like the, the amount of times that I've been scared to tell Sorel something or talk to her about something mm-hmm. that has brought up so much fear in me but when i finally say it it's such a non-event <laughs> like it's like it's almost like it's like yeah so <laughs> and then behind it it's like it, it feels like this this entire wall or this weight has just been lifted mm. like and that's something that i've experienced in a few tiny cases before but with you it's it's like a regular occurrence yeah. it's it's we all have so much fear you know it's very easy to say that oh this person across from me this person that i love is i'm more open with that person Mm. than anyone else in the world but i would challenge everyone listening out there that's in a relationship to challenge yourself on that do you really believe that because i know i know i did for a long time and especially in the last year which has been a result mostly of DMT and me not being as much of a part of my own thoughts as I used to be and being more of an observer of what this creature Leon is and his programming and the weird things that he does on a daily basis. It's, it's the fact that, that I was holding in so much stuff and basically I was bullshitting to myself. I was lying to myself constantly not that i i was consciously doing it it's just i was never observing the lies that i was telling myself Mm. it was so easy to say that yeah i'm i'm very open and very honest with my partner but when it came down to it until i confronted certain things like I, i i wasn't really and it's not that i was lying about anything it was there were certain things in me that i just never opened up about yeah like and and that's all of the best things are behind that like all of all of the greatest things, the biggest breakthroughs and the most openness and honesty. And that's why, again, like I didn't think that I could love you more than I did in the first six months of our relationship, but mm-hmm. I love you way more than that. Like, what? and it's just because it's because we're, we're like, you open up to this other person and it's just like, you realize that holy fucking shit, they still <laughs> love me. Yeah. They, they still love me beyond all this shit. Yeah. Like they're seeing how, fucked up and special and unique and messed up and (laughs) and insecure and neurotic and like all these things that we look in on ourselves and go well no one's ever ever going to love me if they see this stuff but then you finally open up to someone about it and they still love you not despite those things they love those things because they're a part of you and and that just makes you go Wow, I love this person. <laughs> oh my god, they love more. me and they yeah, no, they they love the faults. Yay! Okay, let's continue this child. Mm. But I do I think it's important also because I I oh, like online people paint these fake as fuck relationships as well of like everything's perfect, everything's great, blah blah. 
in reality, like, as I said at the beginning or earlier on, it, like, this is work. This is hard work. And, and, but at the same time, it's fun. The challenges are fun. So we had a very rough time six months ago. And I think since then I've loved you more than I ever have. I didn't know I could love you so much. And I've opened up to you because you'd opened up to me. But we were so close to disaster, AKA ending this ride. Um, and we pushed through and, and like relationships are so, God, they can be complicated and, and scary and turbulent, but so important to go through that. Like you will never find a relationship that's easy or you can coast through it. And if it, you are, that must mean it's a fucking boring relationship too. You need to get in deep and to be able to get in deep, you have to go through challenging times. Yeah. And it, it is, it is hard work for, for people that think that relationships that you see on social media or in television where everything's perfect and dreamy and stuff, shit like that. It just, it doesn't fucking exist. It doesn't. It doesn't. It really... I mean, if Beyonce, God dang, had a relationship like giant issue with Jay Z, everybody's got problems. <laughs> yeah, ev everyone has has problems, but it's just it's a varying level. It's different grades of problems. But I can admit that even though relationships, even though this one, it's still work. You you can't just expect that things are just going to roll on and be perfect forever. But what's harder work is not being yourself yes. with your partner and holding shit in yeah not being completely honest with yourself about things that you're either holding in or or not being completely honest about or that you're scared to confront that's fucking mm. harder work yeah and then there's the final thing that i always i always think about like people are together and they love each other so much that they have children and stuff and then they break up like because if the divorce rate is 50 50 like 50 percent i don't know if it is in australia but i know in in america it is i think you've got yeah, yeah, it's basically crazy a... how does that even to love someone that they will make like they'll put their sperm in you and then you make a baby out of that and then to be like nah just kidding whoa like that's freaking crazy i don't even understand Anyway, on that note, we have talked so long and it's been so fun and I've loved having you on this podcast. Thank you so much. My pleasure. I think I I don't I know it podcasting is definitely your thing right now, but I think I'm slowly getting addicted to it. I know, thing. it's amazing, isn't it? Oh my god, it's so fun having great conversations and people listening in. It's so weird. It's like watching people have sex. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> anyway, um, thank you so much. Congratulations on your podcast launching. Very excited to hear it come out. I love you. I love you. And this is the end. So if you guys enjoyed this podcast episode, make sure that you tune in for more because Sorrel's getting addicted to it. It's a very, very fun journey. And make sure you subscribe to her podcast wherever you're listening to this on iTunes or Google Play or Stitcher or, or anywhere, any other platform. Uh, go and give it a rating of at least five stars because it will help Sorrel's podcast get more visibility. And if you want any information on anything that we've spoken about, there'll likely be some information in the show notes. Oh my gosh, you're such a professional. And if you want to find out anything about you, Leon, how do people find you? So you can find me on Instagram at Leon the Alchemist. Uh, keep an eye out on uh, on iTunes or on my, my Instagram for news on Monday when the first five episodes of my podcast drops. Uh, if you're interested in the getting into the world of biohacking or learning any more about that and learning how to take control of your biology and get the most out of your life. I, uh, I have created one of the most intensive biohacking courses that's on the internet and you can check that out by going to bio.ax. That's bio.ax. Uh, if not, yeah, I can't wait. Biohacking for... is your 
bio, what's, what's your name? Uh, BioAlchemy will be the name of my podcast. Um, you can check out. There's only a landing page up right now, which is at uh, bioalchemy.co. Um, but yeah, I'm sure if you're if you're listed on Sorel's social media or following her, she's gonna she's being the loving girlfriend that she is. <laughs> she's probably gonna promote my podcast a little bit when it gets oh, yeah. launched. All right. Well, that's it. Thanks so much for everyone for listening in. Thank you, Liam, for being here. And until next time, guys. Peace. peace. <laughs>